Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, we are back. Welcome back. To the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Guess who's back? Guess who's the Zach? Get it? <laughs> Zach is here. Zach, where you been, man? It's been a minute. We all miss you. Not just me. Everyone who listens to this podcast misses you. We had a couple guests, you know, whatever. They're, they're, they're cool and everything. But, like, listen, man, you're, you're, you're the heart and soul of the podcast, man. Right, Glad right to now. Have you back. I don't know how you've been making it without me on the pod. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm happy to be back, too. It's been a while. But I've been pretty busy just... You know, obviously, if you've seen on Instagram with the satellite page we're putting up, that's pretty cool. I've been kind of heading that up. And then also school, of course, standing in the way a little bit. Um, we were just talking about before the pod that I have all these papers to write and you were going to pay some people to write some papers for me to keep me working on this. I wouldn't be opposed to that. We, but, we uh, might have to edit that out because if any of your professors listen to no, none of my podcast, listen to my podcast. Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't tell just, them just, about it. Definitely not Just making sure I just want to, you know, because for me, it's like, dude, like, please, like. We don't gotta spend no time writing these papers, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let's just let's just let's just get it popping. I'd much rather not be writing papers, <laughs> but that's just how it's gonna go. <laughs> I got a month, and then I should be able to be like more common, uh, working on this more often. Um, not that I'm not already working on it a lot, but it's oh, yeah. been great. That's, that's, that's um, really it. You got uh, about a month left before your summer vacation. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be busy. We're gonna be busy. Yeah, and absolutely. Another thing, another thing that you've been working on is the is the upper hand rookie draft kit. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. on the template and the, and the design on that. Uh, Zach did a, a, a redesign on the rookie draft. If, if you purchased it last year uh, or you got it for free because you ended up signing up with Underdog, uh, you know, Zach, you know, the, the design was awesome. Mm. I loved it. But Zach, you know, took it upon himself to do a redesign this year. So we even better, even bigger and better draft get coming. Uh, if today we're recording this on Thursday, we are trying desperately to get this out this weekend at some point. So, so keep an eye out for that, uh, over on our Instagram, we'll be announcing it there, uh, shortly. So, so keep an eye on that. That should be available on shop.upperhandfantasy.com very shortly. And by the way, we got some hoodies up there. We got some t-shirts, we got some coffee mugs, we got some coasters, uh, we got some some uh some snapbacks you know what i'm saying we got some hats we got we got some cool yeah. stuff so go, ch- go check Rep the out. brand got to got to yeah um, i got the, i got the shirt right here upper hand fantasy t-shirt right here that i'm wearing i'm rocking you guys can't see it because you're listening that's okay um so <laughs> this they episode <laughs> they believe me uh in this episode 
we are and the reason why i brought zach on because you know zach ha- has a good feel of you know team fits and that sort of thing what we're going to go over in this episode we're going to go over four different mock drafts done by experts todd mcshay from espn we have lance zerline and Dan- daniel jeremiah from nfl network uh and then we also have who am i missing i'm missing the mel kuiper mel kuiper of course yeah from espn as well i think those are the main four mock drafts that we should care about i would say i think daniel jeremiah probably has the you know the closest ear to the teams in terms of like what he thinks is going to happen uh lance zerline's mock is like all over the place uh but you know he's he's got some (laughs) stuff right in the past and you know we shouldn't you know we gotta we gotta like take and take his stuff into account player evaluation as well you know he's gotten some stuff right you know over the past several years so you know you can't you know you, you might think a lot of stuff is crazy and sometimes the consensus uh is not correct right so uh, a lot of this stuff is is really interesting, kind of head scratching at times, but we'll go over all of that. Um, and then you know, McShay, and you know, and it's it's cool because like these guys are you know from the same networks, but they'll have kind of different opinions on a few different guys. And in this episode, we're mainly going to go over you know the main you know offensive positions that we care about for fantasy. Obviously, you know when a player when a team drafts an offensive lineman and that sort of thing, especially like a left tackle or or a right tackle, like you know that definitely plays. Uh, a part for sure so you want your teams you know especially for a quarterback or running back you know to uh you know develop that offensive line that's all good uh but in this episode you know we're mainly going to go over those skill positions quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end uh and we have a bunch of those guys going off the board in the first two rounds uh, a few box in the you know just first round couple mocks we have uh the full two rounds we'll be going all over all that obviously this is all going to impact our rookie draft kit uh, a rookie uh dynasty drafts as well because some people are doing the dynasty drafts before the uh the nfl draft which is kind of fun uh yeah it's a dangerous game but it's fun (laughs) it's fun you know honestly man i'll say this outside of draft capital i think it's even more dangerous to take landing spot into consideration over talent when it comes to dynasty at least i think on a year-to-year basis when you do like when you do like redraft then yes i think landing spot plays a huge role like even bigger than anything else um but like for dynasty it's like bet on the talent and the talent usually wins out at the end of the day and you know no matter where you end up and no matter where you think a player might not succeed because like another player might be standing in the way and that or that sort of thing they usually if a player is talented enough they usually end up breaking out regardless um but yeah man let's let's go over some some of this man let's start with the quarterbacks um you know bryce young and cj stroud uh the main guys to potentially go number one or number two right we have uh mel kuyper oh by the way we also are including michael renner from pff he is their draft expert over there as well so he has some interesting picks too so you know we'll be including him in a lot of these as well um but bryce young man um so mel kuyper daniel jeremiah and lance zerline all have him going number one uh to the panthers uh todd mcshay and michael renner both have him going to the texans uh with cj stroud uh going number one to the panthers Right. If I yeah. had to guess today, I would guess Bryce Young. And yeah. I don't know if you saw or heard the episode that I did uh la- I think it was last early last week with Dalton Cates. We were talking about this and at that point of time, CJ Stroud was the betting favorite. And I put down money and I told everyone who was listening that this is what I'm doing that I'm betting plus 300, you know three to one odds that Bryce Young will go first and three to one odds that CJ Stroud will go second. And the next day the odds flipped after Adam Schefter had some reports to the contrary. So that yeah. felt good. And I'm, I'm and I'm hoping <laughs> that a few people listened to that episode and play some bets and won some money. Uh, well, you know, obviously the draft didn't happen yet, so we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But right now the, the betting favorite is Bryce Young uh, to go number one overall. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I totally hear you on that one. That's a really smart bet. I wasn't listening to that episode. I didn't hear that one. I haven't had a whole lot of time to listen to those episodes, but I'll tell you what. You got three to one on that. That's pretty good. I mean, Bryce Young was a consensus. I think, wasn't he the consensus going up to C.J. Stroud meeting with the Panthers? And then um, yes. 
it's McCown, right? Yep. That was talking Josh to McCown. CJ Stroud and said they'll get a court and they'll shoot some hoops or something together, you know, when he's in Charlotte or whatever. That was kind of what I think propelled this one week surge of CJ Stroud being the favorite. But I think everyone's kind of cooled back down now. It's going to be Bryce Young. I think it's going to be Bryce Young. If you asked me a week ago, I'll be honest, I would have said, oh, yeah, CJ Stroud. You know, I would have been like, he's going to be the number one. But Bryce Young now, it just looks like he's going to be the pick anyway. I think I might have bought into the, that hype like I just outlined a little bit before. So I think either way, you can't go wrong. If you ask me, I'm a bigger fan of CJ Stroud. He's my QB one in terms of big board. If you want to talk about which prospect I like more, I think CJ Stroud has a better shot of long-term success than maybe Bryce Young. We know Bryce Young has that good um, decision-making, high football IQ, that kind of stuff. I don't think CJ, CJ Stroud is that far behind him. And I like his build a little bit more, his play style a little bit more to last longer than Bryce Young maybe in the league. But Bryce Young, still a very good quarterback. I don't think he can really go wrong as the Panthers. They traded up to one. They're going to take one of these two guys. I don't see like either of them being like a bad pick. I don't see either of them being busts. But if I had to pick, I would pick C.J. Stroud. But I think that ultimately the Panthers are going to take Bryce Young. I think uh, Bryce Young it has the higher ceiling. Uh, the size, you know, like you alluded to, is definitely a question. I think that's his only question. I think if Bryce Young was a couple inches taller, a little bit heavier, um, I think he would be one of the best prospects to have come out in a long time. And I think right. that's really the only question mark with him. You know, under pressure, he, he's a lot better than Stroud. That's kind of where, you know, I, you know, am kind of, putting my chips there at this point. I know we talked a couple of weeks ago, right? Like who are we going to take? Right. Uh, Stroud, yeah. I think is definitely the safer option. I think if anyone's concerned about the size in the NFL, whether Bryce Young can take those hits and will he be able to sustain, you know, you know, and being on the field, right. I think that's the main concern there. And then also, you know, what kind of system is he going to be put in so that they'll allow him to be able to drop back as much as he needs to, to be able to see over the tall ass offensive lineman. You know, that's the other, <laughs> other concern but i think the latter isn't as much of a concern i think because the, the yeah. game has changed a little bit but uh but yeah i think cj stroud you know definitely is a good quarterback and i think you know i really like him going to two to texans or number one to the panthers like both these guys should be the consensus top two um mm -hmm. but it is interesting because you know cj stroud if you look at land zerline's mock right he yeah. uh proposes some stuff and he says that the in the his mock, Lamar Jackson has been traded. Okay. Yeah. CJ Stroud falls all the way down to four. So you had obviously the Texans passing up on a quarterback, not trading down, which I think is highly unlikely. If they're not first of all, if they're not gonna take a quarterback, they have to trade that pick, right? He has Arizona not trading down, which I think uh, you know, obviously Arizona has their quarterback as of right now. So you gotta expect them to trade down. He expects he, he in his latest mock he has CJ Stroud fall into four, and then the Colts trade down and the Ravens trade up with the Colts to go up to number four to get CJ Stroud. Yeah, which is but, really interesting to me. That's interesting. It's also not going to happen. So like it's not happen. I was sitting there trying to put it together, like what how everything was working, the moving parts, keeping track of all of it. But I'm like, what am I? using these brain cells for trying to figure this out. It's not going to happen, right? Like, first of all, I don't see any situation where Lamar gets traded at this point. Right. Uh, they definitely signed Odell to dangle in front of him for contract purposes. You know, they're just trying to get as much leverage as they can and say, oh, look, we got your receiver. This guy came off. This is second ACL. He missed all well, last apparently, season. I love Odell, but apparently know. Lamar was the one who was who was bringing him in. And the reports are that like Odell is fully expecting Lamar to be his quarterback because Lamar right. was the one, you know, lobbying for him to sign to Baltimore. Obviously, Baltimore might have been the only team that was willing to pay him that kind of money, type of money that Odell got. Right. He but had a meeting with your Jets schedule. He did, but the I'm Jets apparently Yeah, no, he did. I think he went to go meet with them too. Um, but apparently the contract wasn't going to be anywhere close to that. So and that's why right. the Jets just didn't even try to match that. Which makes sense, I mean, which I'm happy about. Absolutely. Yeah. The Jets didn't have to do that. They're going to be fine no. at receiver. They can draft even if they want to. It's not going to be an issue for them. But with, with Odell, that was just a little bit too much money for my taste. You know, obviously, I was in on Odell as a Cowboys fan, too, but that wasn't the case. Um, but I, like I said, going back to this mock draft, there's no way C.J. Stroud is going to fall out of the top two. I don't no. think that's even a chance. But 
for him to go to the Ravens, to have the Ravens move up, if I'm not mistaken, moving all the way up as far as they do, they're moving from 22, right? Like, yeah. that's pretty bad. <laughs> I just don't see that. Well, happening. no, and you listen, know, they wouldn't even they, they wouldn't even move from 22. So now in his mock, he doesn't even have them oh, trading they, the 22nd. They pick. pick it up from yeah from whatever team. Sure. The you trade. Know, mm-hmm. We don't even know what team it would be, right? Like, so yeah. this is a very uh, hypothetical situation. So let's move on. Yeah. Can you see the steam coming out of my ears? <laughs> it, it seems like it seems like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are going to be top two, according to everybody. Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, he can go anywhere, really. Um, but uh number three to the Titans, Mal Kuyper in his mock has them trading up with Arizona, which is a likely scenario. That is very possible. Mm-hmm. I can see the Titans trading up. Uh, to get someone like Anthony Richardson, Ryan Tannehill, you know, if he were to, you know, the, the good thing about Anthony Richardson is that he could just sit behind Tannehill, right? And yeah. if Tannehill ends up staying healthy, then Richardson has a full year under his belt to develop. And I think that would be a solid option, right? And a solid place to be. You have a veteran that you can kind of sit behind and you don't have to worry about playing him while he develops. You know, obviously they drafted a quarterback last year, but I think we all know that Malik Willis is – it's just, I think it's over for him. I, I, I think, you know, it, it was one of those situations where he was never that good to begin with, um, and he gets drafted. You know, is there some intrigue in his rushing? Of course, but at the end of the day, you mm-hmm. have to do something on the field in order to like help your team in any way, which he, he apparently can't do. He was nowhere near where he needed to be when he started those games last year. They started him out of necessity. They kept on going back between him and some other scrubs, and it just didn't work out. Right, so. I, mean, I can totally see that happening there. Um, go ahead. Yeah, he was replaced by Josh Dobbs. Is that who it was? Yeah, like that. That that's pretty bad. And listen, I hate to just be out on Malik Willis this early, but we saw what he was doing. And I think I forget where I saw it. Somebody was talking about how him being thrown into the fire just ruined his um, development. Like him being yeah. thrown into those games. Like he just got screwed. If he had the time to, you know, develop, be on the bench ride behind Ryan Tannehill and not have to play those games. I think you have a shot. You might not have to consider drafting a quarterback, but he's also from a small school. It's he was drafted late. You know, that doesn't really point to any type of attachment. If you, especially if you want to talk fantasy, you know, right. If you talk about fantasy, he was drafted in what it was a third round and he's going to be on a bad offense. Even if they take Anthony Richardson, it's still going to be bad. It's not like he's going to be playing in place of him. So it's like, there's really no hope for him. Anthony Richardson, I, he has to sit a year. Otherwise, I think the same thing could happen to him because this offense yeah. has nobody outside of Derrick Henry. And still, I mean, they're paying him a lot of money and there's rumors of him possibly being on the trade block. So it's going to be a barren wasteland. Anthony Richardson has to sit. That's kind of what I'm counting on. I'm not saying I'm completely out on Richardson. We'll see how it goes for this season. But I think in the best case scenario, we won't even have to think about even drafting uh, Richardson and redraft this season. If that I, if we I, want him I, to I play agree. as well as he can. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it's funny, man. Like we're talking about the Titans here. You mentioned they have nobody, right? Yeah. All the the only weapon that they have at this point is the guy, you know, who replaced AJ Brown last year, right? Yeah. During the draft. Um, but we have three of our guys: Todd Mache, Daniel Jeremiah, and Lance Zerline, all having Jackson Smith and the Jigba to go. Obviously, Mel Kuyper had you know him being them trading up, but like all these those three guys had him going to the Titans at yeah. number eleven, uh, which would not be great, uh, no. you know, like in terms of like a landing spot for Jazz. Bottom and, line, like, right there, you hit it already. It wouldn't, <laughs> it be, wouldn't great. be great. It wouldn't be great. I would not like that at all. Like he's a great player, and you don't want to like overvalue landing spot. And I'm still going to be drafting him at like at like number two in my rookie drafts. You know, mm-hmm. behind Bijan, uh, but still, like it's not what you want, and especially, you know, obviously, like if they take him, you know, at least they have a chance of getting a better quarterback potentially next year, you know, yeah. or something like that. You know, make it make a move somehow. But you know, even with uh, Ryan Tannehill, like I'll be okay with that for like year one. I think he'll be fine. I think he would end up being the wide receiver one as soon as he takes a snap with the Titans. Um, yeah. But that that's an interesting one to me, man. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's either Titans trade up. Or they grab Jackson Smith and the Jigba. I feel like that's that's what these guys think at this point. Yeah. I heard rumblings that maybe offensive tackle could be at play, but they need to get somebody that they can market at this point. I feel like the Titans are like on this downhill slope and there's like nobody anymore. So Jackson Smith and the Jigba would do 
a lot to you know fix that. And my thing with Jackson Smith and the Jigba going to, I'm gonna refer to him as JSN from now on because that's just a mouthful. <laughs> um, with JSN going to the Titans, like I think his ceiling becomes, you know, as far as next this next season, his rookie season, it's going to be like top 24 and like below. Like I don't see his ceiling being anything more than like a low end wide receiver too in Tennessee at least for the first year. Obviously, he can do much better, but I just don't see that happening, especially if he's the only guy. Kuyper's the only one who mocked JSN and the Texans, and I think that's the ideal spot. And I completely agree with Kuyper here, because in that scenario, too, he reunites with C.J. Stroud, who was his college quarterback. Now, that has a lot of intrigue written all over it. I like that pairing, and I, I'm going to look, look at I'm looking at it pretty closely and thinking that maybe this has shades of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun on it, but this has that type of potential, you know, to reignite in the league in the NFL. Yeah. In terms of their fantasy prospects in 2023, that beats the hell out of going to Tennessee and playing with Ryan Tannehill and facing the top corner of every defense that you play each week. So, if you ask me, the ideal situation for Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be him going to the Texans. If Kuyper's mock plays out, I'm very happy. Now, I would I consider taking him over Bijan Robinson at one for dynasty? No. Obviously, you're going to feel much better about taking him at two. Um, if he goes to the Texans and he's with CJ Stroud, then if he goes to the Titans. But needless to say, it doesn't look like he's dropping out of the top half of the first round. Um, it looks like he's going to find a home somewhere in the AFC South. I think, regardless of where, uh, regardless of who the Panthers take at number one, uh, I want the Texans to take a quarterback, obviously, at number two. And whoever the yep. Texans take at number two, I want them to take JSN you know, at yeah. number 11, like that would be ideal for me. Like I would love that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's at 12, right? The, the Texans yeah, are at 12. The so, Texans are 12. Yeah. So pair one of these young quarterbacks with JSN. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That, a lot. but like it's that just the, the intrigue, the added layer of having CJ Stroud, that would just be mm, chef's kiss. You know what I'm saying? For this 100%. draft, that would be a fantastic because draft. You have both these guys developing together. Right. And like they're both young and the ceilings will kind of grow with each other. And I think yeah. that's that's what you want. Like, I, I don't necessarily care if it's CJ Stroud who's with JSN because they played together. Like, I'm OK, you know, with it being, you know, another I'm OK with it being Bryce Young. Too, I am too. He, yeah. He's going to be a good quarterback also. So like either way, I just want JSN to land in a good spot, man. I want to see like elite type of players like reach their potential like quickly. <laughs> I would right. love to see yeah, it. no, absolutely. As fantasy fans, that's exactly what you want. And, and you don't even have to be a fantasy fan. Just see these players do well. We know what JSN's capable of. We didn't get to see him play hardly at all last season at Ohio State. We just want to see him get back to that 2021 form. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So... Mel Kuyper had, you know, the Titans trading up to potentially take Richardson at three, right? Um, and then the Colts, you know, they're sitting at four, 
McShay had them trading up one spot to number three, which I think is a very likely scenario because they wouldn't want to take any chances if they have their guy, right? So, like, let's say they love Anthony Richardson way more than Will Levis. A -hmm. team can come in right ahead of them with Arizona because Arizona isn't drafting a quarterback at three. So a team can pull up ahead of the Colts, take Anthony Richardson, and if they don't like Levis, then they're fucked. Right. And now, now, what, <laughs> yeah. now what, do, now what do they do? Right. I think that it's, you know, it's up to them to say like, Hey, let's move up to number three. Let's not take any chances. Um, and let's grab our guy. If their guy is Anthony Richardson, there you go. If their guys will Levis, I don't think they have to trade up. Right. No. Um, at, at all. So that's, that's the scenario there. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the Colts are, you know, going to it's going to be interesting to see what the Colts do, what the price is to move up one pick. And I think the mm-hmm. price is going to be more hefty than you think uh, because oh, yeah. they know exactly, you know, who the Colts are going to be drafting. Um, now, Daniel Jeremiah um, had the Cardinals staying put at three and the Colts still being able to get Anthony Richardson at four and uh, Renner from PFF also had the Colts staying put with no trade up. Uh, going with Anthony Richardson at four. So we had three out of our five analysts that we're talking about, um, draft experts, you know, being able to saying that, hey, it looks like Anthony Richardson is going to be a Colt this year. Right. Yeah. So for me, Anthony Richardson's great. Will Levis just feels like a Colt to me. I don't know. That's just the way I see it. And this is the other thing I think <laughs> I that's it. working against the Colts here, especially moving up to three if they want to get Anthony Richardson like that. I'm thinking about the Cardinals looking at, okay, are we going to trade this third pick to the Colts who are just a pick behind us? Are they going to look down the board and be like, there's other teams that are asking, I'm sure there's going to be other teams on the line saying, hey, can we move up? We want to draft this guy like uh, Kuiper has, you know, the um, the Titans moving up. They're going to get a lot more out of a trade with the Titans than they are going to get with the Colts. Um, so I think about that. This is a mm-hmm. team that's going to rebuild the Cardinals. Like they need to get as many picks as they can. And we just watched, and I'm sure I, I've read about this all over the place. They've they've made these connections on pretty much every website that you have. Um, yeah, the guy from the 49ers came over, and he's now with the Texans. Right, uh, D'Amico Ryan's. He's a head coach. So they were the ones that traded. Had a very similar trade um, in 2020. Was it 2021? Yeah, for Trey Lance, where they moved a bunch of first round picks and capital yep. like that to jump eight or nine spots. And this is almost right. the exact same situation. Um, so I, I think I could see that being the case, that kind of thing playing out. The Cardinals are going to look at that type of trade and you look like we're going to pick up like a second round pick, maybe Agreed. a first round pick, you know, for the Colts. I don't think they're getting a first round pick. And also Colts, like but. they're going to get whichever guy they were going to be thinking about getting at three, they're going to have it at four. So like it, it, it doesn't matter. They're still going to get their guy. Right. So like, yeah, uh, agreed. Like the pricing, the price is going to be way more if they choose a team to you know trade up for wherever they go so the Colts, it's like the cardinals kind of like hold all the leverage here you know i think oh, yeah. they have one of the best spots you know in this draft right now because they could because you know anthony richardson's a very intriguing prospect for a lot of teams and a lot of qb needy teams would love to move up there so we'll see man you know i think richardson you know has the ceiling of a player who is worth trading for yeah i don't think that will levis is worth trading for Right, no. and if you look at um, the a couple a couple of these mock drafts for Will Levis, Todd McShay uh, had the Bucks trading up from nineteen to fourteen to get Levis, assuming that Levis is going to fall to fourteen. I think it's very possible that he does fall right. to fourteen, um, but just trading up for Levis, I think we were talking about this before, is interesting. Yeah. Now, that's not the least feasible thing that we've seen in these mock drafts. <laughs> I could see that happening. When you're sitting there as a Bucks with Baker Mayfield as a presumable starter for week one, Will Levis looks pretty attractive. You know, <laughs> if you can trade up and go get him, right. that, that's good And, and him. by the way, D- Daniel Jeremiah had Will Levis going to the Bucks at 19 without even moving. So that's another right. interesting note. But anyway, go ahead. I, I, I think that's going to be where he eventually he's going to end up. Maybe not the Bucks, but just yeah. in that range. You know I what I'm saying? See. I don't think he's going early. With the rest of these quarterbacks, like there's obviously the line drawn between CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. Then there's a big tier gap, and then there's Will Levis. And some people have Hendon Hooker in that Will Levis tier too. I don't really see it, but that that right. that's just me. Um, yep. But with Will Levis, I think if he goes to the Buccaneers, 
he'll be fine. I don't have very high expectations for him, but I don't think that's the worst landing spot possible for him. Um, I'm not going to be too intrigued as far as starting him this season, unless he really lights it up. We'd be having a different conversation if he was in the draft last year, because obviously he had a much better year in 2021 than he did 2022. But I, I think that Will Levis at 14, 19, anywhere outside of that top 12 or 13, I think makes the most sense. And then that brings us to Lance Zerline's mock, where he has the Texans moving up to take him at seven, which makes absolutely no sense at all. Like if, if oh, there's so much wrong with this mock. It, it makes me very annoyed. There's no way Will Levis is going to go at seven. Um, no one's trading up that high for him, let alone the Texans. It, it's just a mess of a mock in that one. Not like, only that, though, that means you're also passing up on who you know wh- whoever the Panthers pass up on right like so like if the panthers right choose cj stroud then you're passing up on bryce young and if they no. choose bryce young you're <laughs> passing up on cj stroud and then you're going to give up capital to go get will levis fourth, like maybe the fifth best quarterback in this class <laughs> and 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 not only that like i don't i don't even like will levis i don't even think he's that good of a prospect like you know where you, you know somebody who you know is kind of mistake prone like doesn't make good decisions he has an arm, definitely. Like he can make a lot of the throws that you need him to make, and he makes some big plays. Has a you know big you know I don't know if you saw him recently, but dude, the the dude gained like thirty pounds of muscle in the past oh, like, really? month before the combine. Dude is jacked. He is That's jacked. Crazy. Which probably it must be that, that mayonnaise his, in his coffee. Which probably <laughs> and, and and the bananas that he eats whole. Um, <laughs> but like the, all that muscle that he packed on, like has to mess with his throwing ability a little bit, dude. Like there's yeah. no way. Like the pliability is probably an issue at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady's probably rolling. I was gonna say rolling in his grave. He's not dead yet. He's just dead in football sleep. terms. Just asleep. Yeah, that's just asleep. Not a grave. <laughs> his football grave. Jesus maybe. Christ. Uh, Dallas Burgum. No. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Dallas Burgum. <laughs> I'm happy go. about it. <laughs> nice man. I, I I just I laid that up for you and just slam dunked it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. But 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 with Will Levis. I don't, uh, this is a terrible comp, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Where did we hear about like, you know, questionable decision-making and a strong arm before and teams, a team moving up to get him? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. It scares me because if he ends up being something like that, like we heard these same types of things for Patrick Mahomes going into 2017 draft. Yeah. And they're saying this about Will Levis. I feel like people are just kind of leaving him out because Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and all these quarterbacks are here. Anthony Richardson is the next hot thing, flavor of the month. That might get him drafted higher than maybe he should be. I know he has the tools, but um, he, like we said, he needs to sit a year. Will Levis might be a sleeper for me. Like, obviously, he's not going to be – I don't think he's going to be fantastic for in year one, but if he ends up going somewhere um, where he could sit, that wouldn't be a bad thing, um, especially with um, – but in this, in this mock where he goes to the Texans, he'd be starting right away. I don't trust that at all. And like we talked about, there's no team picking – that needs a quarterback that's going to pass up Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Like, I think both of them, th- there's no way. And how many times are we going to say there's no way with the Zerline mock? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. So many times. It, it, it's, it, we're going to talk about a few of those things at, at this point. Um, all right, let's see. So, we, you know, we, we mentioned JSN as well, right? Like, you know, three of these guys had him go into the Titans. Uh, Mel Kuyper had him go into the Texans. That's the one that we want mm-hmm. to happen, assuming that they do end up taking a quarterback at two. Um, and then the Seahawks was this interesting one from Renner. He had the Seahawks moving up from 20 with the Patriots, who's sitting at 14, uh, to take JSN. But here's the thing with that. I just don't think he's going to make it past the Texans. He, I don't think he's going to make it past the Titans. And I don't think he's going to make it past the Jets. I think no. I, I think the offensive line um, is you know something that the Jets want to make sure that they have um, mm-hmm. you know, going into the season, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, make sure they have that th- those tackles set up. Mackay Becton looking good, but you can't really depend on him, right? He's shown right. that he's not dependable, right? So I think it'll be a cherry on top if he's good to go. And he lost the weight, and he'll be good to go, and he still has that big mm. body, just not as you know wide. Um, <laughs> but now at this point, do you go with the offensive tackle? You know, you tackle of your next ten years, or do you take someone like JSN? reunite him with Gary Wilson and now you know Aaron Rodgers has one of the best receiving cores in the league right and that's 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 what you think about so I'm saying all of that just to say that I don't think that JSN is going to be available to the Seahawks at 14. No I don't think that's the case either and you talk about the Jets I was looking at the Jets as a spot you know for JSN that's where he's going to bottom out because if JSN's there on the board and the Jets are sitting there 
I think this is like a CD Lamb type pick where they have absolutely no need a wide receiver to go this high, but they're going to take him anyway just because he's that type of player. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think that would definitely be where he bottoms out. And like I said, most of our guys have him going 11 or 12 um, to Tennessee or in Houston in the one case. So I, I think that there's no way that he's going to drop that far out. There were rumblings that he obviously early, early on before the combine that he might fall a little bit look further in the uh, first round than it looks like he's going to now. But um, yeah, this move for Seahawks, it's a cool thought, but it's just not going to be something that we're going to see happen on draft night. I, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to make it past that, that that point, especially because like wide receiver is a valuable position. So when you have somebody yeah. like, like JSN c- coming in, I think it's just a situation where teams aren't going to pass up that talent you know, at this point. Yeah. Um, now, I want to talk about the tight end position real quick. I want to pivot to that because, you know, coming into the into draft season and, you know, coming into, you know, if you look at over the last couple of years, Michael Mayer has been, you know, a, a, almost a household name at this point if you watch college football, right? Yeah. He's literally one of the best tight ends in the nation, if not the best. But he has been, you know, mocked to later in the first round, you know, mm-hmm. a favorite you know, for the Cowboys. And, and yeah. if you can't see Zach right now, but Zach is crossing his fingers. It seems like he wants it to happen. Yeah. Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, and Renner from PFF all have him going to the Cowboys at 26. They all agree on that one. So it seems like there is something in the air uh, when it comes to that. Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah has Michael Mayer, the Cowboys passing on Michael Mayer to the Saints at 29. By the way, Looking at these mocks, there is no secret that the Saints are looking for a tight end. <laughs> it's right. very possible that <laughs> yeah. they get either Mayer or Kincaid. But I want to talk about Kincaid real quick because Dalton Kincaid seems like he is the consensus number one tight end off the board right now. All five of our guys have him as the first tight end off the board and not right. Mayer, something that you probably wouldn't have seen coming you know, before draft season. Um, Mel Kuyper has him going to – Mel Kuyper and Lanzer line both have him going uh, to the Packers at 15. Uh, it seems like the Packers are, are also in need of a tight end, judging by these mocks. These guys kind of are in the in the know. It seems like they, they are looking for, for that position. They do mm-hmm. need that position, right? Um, maybe Aaron Rodgers didn't love tight ends as much, but, you know, Jordan Love might. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like a safety blanket, you know, for their young quarterback and to yeah. kind of help him with his, you know, um, with his with his development a little bit, so you have him, and then you know if it's not the Packers, uh, Renner has him going to the Chargers. They're also a team that needs a tight end. You have the Commanders at sixteen. Daniel Jeremiah has Kincaid going to the Commanders at sixteen, and then McShay has Kincaid going to the Jaguars at twenty four. You know, keep in mind that Evan Ingram isn't necessarily a long-term play for the Jaguars right now. He just signed the franchise tag, so most likely he won't be back with the team in 2024. So just curious to think, you know, curious curious on, on, on your thoughts on the position. To me, um, you know, it seems like there's a, a little bit of a gap between these two guys right now. But for me, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot closer to me between these two guys than what it seems like on the board here. And I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Mayer, despite what all these maps, all these mocks are saying that mm-hmm. if Mayer is actually the number one tight end off the board. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. And I think it comes down to the NFL kind of shifting to, you know, the flashy offense. It's not so much hand in the dirt blocking type of tight end. That's what Dalton Kincaid is. He's athletic, you know, he's big. He, I kind of compare the way he's going to play to Darren Waller. He's not going to do a whole lot of blocking. He's going to do a lot more receiving than he is blocking. And that's what Michael Mayer is. He's like the entire package. He'll be an extra offensive lineman for you if you need him. But he's also going to be super productive in the passing game. And I obviously like Michael Mayer for the Cowboys. I, I, I'd rather have Dallas take Bijan or JSN ahead of him. But I don't think either of them are going to be there on the board at that point. So Michael Mayer is pretty much my guy at this point. But Michael Mayer is like the old school tight end where he can line up, block for you. He'll be productive in the past game. That's why I look at it. And people are valuing Dalton Kincaid higher than that because they see him as like this elite pass catching tight end. And I I don't blame him. I I like the fit, you know, for the Packers and the Commanders. um, With the Packers, you know, Jordan Love, they have Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs on the outside. Um, On the inside, they don't have any other big threats. Um, Dalton Kincaid would be a big receiver for Jordan Love to really just kind of grow with um, in his first true year as a starter. 
I don't think that would be bad for him at all. I like that landing spot. I think he could be really productive in terms of fantasy, too, if he goes there. And the same thing goes for the Commanders. Not as productive for um, fantasy in terms of Dalton Kincaid, as far as he's concerned. But if you want to look at like a potential sleeper in Sam Howell, he's going to have, if he, they take Kincaid, the Commanders, he's going to have Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Dalton Kincaid. For two. Like, I kind of like that. Assuming the Commanders don't take a quarterback to start over Sam Howell, if Don Kincaid goes to Commanders, I'm looking at Sam Howell as a really like deep sleeper. Like he could really do some, make some noise because that offense is probably going to be a lot better than a lot of people think. Um, but yeah, you, Michael, you know who you know who's going to make noise this week? I mean, I mean this year. Who? Jacoby Brissett. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think so. You think I, he's I think, starting over Howell? I think week one is going to be Jacoby. I do. I don't know. I, I, I mean, so. obviously, how we have a very small sample size with him, but. I'm tired of living in the past and not- <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Know you. What I mean? Like I, if you I ask me what I want have in Sam, Howell. I, I, I don't think the, I don't think the commanders are expecting to compete, compete this year, but definitely they're at a point where they can see what I would just see what you have and how use this season Dude, to do that. They have, a they, can really good to get they have a really good wide receiver trio there. And it's like almost yeah. a waste. It's like, get, like I want to see a quarterback on that team to sling it to these guys. I feel like all of them are capable of 1000 yard seasons. You know, like I want mm-hmm. it to happen. Uh, yeah. I would, I would love it. Um, and you know, they got a, a new offensive coordinator coming over from Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy. That should be fun to watch. You know, so um, if Kincaid Howell, ends man. up going I'm there, I'm telling you, he could be the guy. Up. That's that's just Listen, my. No, opinion. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I I'm with you. I, I want Sam Howell to be the guy because I think you know, like he was. I think he was underrated coming out. You know, he had a great year. He had a great junior season. When he had weapons, his senior year, he didn't have any weapons, and he was just running the ball the entire time. The fact yeah. that he has that ability too intrigues me, also. You know, but like you said, small sample size. Last year, he looked good, man. He looked really mm-hmm. good. So let's see. A um, couple of these, a couple of these wide receivers, and then we'll finally get to Bijan. I want to talk about Zay Flowers, who's actually my number two ranked wide receiver in this draft class. Um, Mel Kuyper has him going to the Steelers at number 17. Uh, that's something that I don't personally see. I think, you know, they have yeah. Beyonce, they have Pickens. I think they'll be all right. And also the Steelers have been really good at drafting, you know, Steelers, uh, I'm sorry, wide receivers later on and kind of hitting. They're one of the best teams, if not the best teams at drafting wide receiver. They yeah. know what they're doing. Um, Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Tom McShay has Zay Flowers going to the Seahawks at 20. Jeremiah has uh, Zay Flowers going to the Chargers at 21. Uh, as the third has his third wide receiver off the board, both Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay have Zay Flowers as their second wide receiver off the board behind JSN. Uh, Zerline has him going to 22 to the Ravens, which would be crazy because then yeah. think about it. They have Bateman, OBJ, and now Flowers. Like All of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay. You got a mm-hmm. little bit of a wide receiver core here and plus Mark Andrews. So, okay. And Lamar, I'm, I'm if, all he's for back, that. if he's back in lit and – Got a little pass heavy uh offensive coordinator now, yeah. you know? Okay, not, not not the ground and pound of we're looking Greg a little Romans. different. That's gonna be great. We're looking a little different now. Okay, this this team could look a little sleeper passing offense. You know what I'm saying? And I I want to I I, I want to keep hearing the comments like Ben Roethlisberger just said recently on a podcast that you you you, you shouldn't be afraid of Lamar Jackson picking you apart when he's sitting in the pocket. He just I said personally that. am. <laughs> I personally yeah am. and it's but, like all right that's cool I'm, i'll am i be drafting these guys i'll be drafting lamar oh yeah that's for sure that's for damn sure well Lamar's gonna be at a discount 
would that be that would easily be the best wide receiver core he's had in his time with Baltimore, right? And like, on top of that, doubt. he doesn't have a run heavy coordinator. Yeah, like without a doubt. Like, could you imagine that would do wonders? He was for him. Uh, by the way, Greg Roman, I want him to sign as the offensive coordinator. Like, whoever drafts Anthony Richardson, just fire your offensive coordinator and just hire Greg Roman. Because yeah. like he will get the most out of Anthony Richardson from day one. Mm-hmm. Lamar, he did it with Lamar while Lamar was still developing and he developed into a damn good passer. And then he did it with remember Colin Kaepernick when he was with him in San Francisco. Yep. I, I think Greg Roman might not be able to have these guys hit their like maximum ceilings, but he's able to get a lot out of these guys, especially in the beginning of their careers. Um, yeah. So I think he's he'll be the perfect guy for Anthony Richardson to not only develop, uh, but also kind of be able to kind of have a productive help him, uh, you know, lead a productive offense. So that'll be yeah. kind of interesting. But uh, but Zay Flowers, man, uh, I, I want to, you know, I think, you know, he's he's my number two guy. I think a couple of these guys agree with me. Um, but, you know, the Seahawks, you know, at 20, like so. So the range for four of five of these guys is between 17 and 22, which, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, for dynasty rookie drafts, that means that you kind of have to prioritize Zay Flowers. OK, yeah. remember, Jahan Dotson was taken uh, in the middle of the first round last year, kind of slept on and he had you know a pretty good rookie season. Right. Yeah. Uh, especially Outside in the beginning the before. Yeah. Before he got hurt, you know, touchdowns every week, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so he was much. doing his thing. So Zay Flowers, you know, can do something similar. I'm a big fan of his game. Um, and yeah, dude, like I would love to see him, at, at, you know, a, a charger to, to be mm-hmm. paired to Justin Herbert. I think that would be awesome. Um, and, you know, when he, if he goes to the Seahawks, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he's able to garner some target share, you know, yeah. away from the other two guys. Um, but I think char- if he's on the Chargers, listen, man, I would not be surprised if it's Keenan Allen number one, Zay Flowers number two, and Mike Williams number three in terms of target share. Right. I wouldn't be surprised, even in year one. I, I could absolutely see that. I'd like to see him more on the Chargers than the Seahawks, personally, because I think the Agreed. Seahawks, their wide receiver room is already pretty crowded. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both very good. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to really see him go there. But Zay Flowers, you know, if you take out that 17, him going to Steelers and Kuiper's draft, like you said, that range that you talk about goes from 17 to 22 to 20 to 22. You know, that's right. We're pretty confident he's going to land on one of these teams here. I don't want it to be the Seahawks. I think the Chargers, like you said, are the ones where I want to see him land. Um, the Ravens would be cool. I know we just went on the whole talk about that, but I think he'd maximize his own value as a receiver in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, like you said. Um, and Keenan Allen, he's getting older. And for me, when I watch Zay Flowers, he kind of reminds me of Keenan Allen just a little yeah, bit. That's I can see that. So like, I feel like he could easily just like once Keenan Allen decides either he's going to retire or he's moved because you know he's getting too expensive, that kind of thing. His contract runs out. I could see him just stepping right into that role, you know, yeah. for the Chargers. And then maybe if he signs a second contract there, you know, like I think that would just be like replace Keenan Allen with Keenan Allen, but he's named Zay Flowers. Right. So I, I think that's totally a feasible thing, and I actually kind of rooting for that to happen now. I like it because then you, you give Justin Herbert a reliable target who can separate man zone coverage on the slot outside as a flanker. I think that'll be awesome. I think he's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I think he can be like a Devontae Smith type of player in, yeah. in the league, you know, to be honest. Um, now, these other wide receivers, real quick, you know, Mel Kuyper has Jordan Addison going to the Chargers, you know, instead of Zay Flowers. And I can see that. Mel Kuyper has uh, Addison as his uh, third wide receiver off the board. Um, because he had Zay Flowers going to the Steelers at 17. So uh, I wouldn't mind that either. I think Addison is, is a similar player, you know, a good player in man and zone coverage as well. So I, I, I like Addison, um, you know, to to go, you know, either one, honestly. You both, we got to obviously, you know, uh, ha- have both these guys, you know, in the middle of that first round in your dynasty rookie drafts. Uh, you know, Jordan Addison is my number three ranked wide receiver. Uh, yeah. So, you know, both and these guys are pretty close, you know, to be honest with you. It's like JSN, there's a tier break, and then it's like Zay Jones and Jordan Addison are kind of in, in a Zay similar Jones. tier. For, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's <laughs> a lot of Zays, man. There's a lot of Zays. Yeah, Zay suddenly Flowers. there's a bunch of Zays. <laughs> um, you know, and, and uh, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, Jordan Addison, you know, has he has, has him going to the Seahawks at 20, and Renner has him going to the Vikings at 23. 
which I love. I would love a wide receiver to go to the Vikings to compliment Justin Jefferson. I think you know it'll yeah. it'll help Jefferson. Obviously, it'll also help that other wide receiver. You know, whether it's Addison or Flowers that goes to the Vikings. You know, obviously we mentioned the tw- the seventeen to twenty two range, but if they pass up on Zay Flowers, I think the Vikings at twenty three is also an option, right? So like just just kind of extend that range out just by another pick. I think Jordan Addison, you know, can be there. Um, do you have any strong opinions about you know Zay Flowers versus Jordan Addison at all? I'm I'm viewing them pretty similarly, especially when we talk yeah. about the Vikings. If Jordan Addison is or Zay Flowers go there, I'm gonna look at them pretty much identically in terms of right. their fantasy value. The only sure. receiver that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, I wouldn't be really happy about going there, would be Quentin Johnston. I don't right. think Me his too. game would complement Justin Jefferson's really at all. Um, you know, he's a bigger receiver. I'm not in on the hype. I don't think any of these guys, um, these mock experts that we have, follow PFF very much because PFF loves Quentin Johnston. But um, a lot of like Jeremiah McShay, Zerline, Kuiper, they all have him going back end of the first round. And I think one of them even has him going, going Kuiper, in the second round. Kuiper had him going to the Cardinals at 34, so early second round. Now, Johnson, right. in the beginning of the draft season, you could have said that you know a lot of people had him over JSN. Right, which I thought yeah. was crazy. I thought mm-hmm. it was crazy, and we talked about this. I was like, "Listen, man, JSN, like the fact that he was able to perform, like it all comes down to like, dude, all three. There was three balls at Ohio State. Who was the best one? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And like that is such a in a data point to like hold on to. You have to, right? You have to like that has to be like your rock solid like mainstay right there. But Johnston, right. man. I'll say this, man. Like in the beginning of the process, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I kind of like this guy because the analytics, and it makes sense that PFF likes him. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that Renner has him yeah. going the earliest out of all these guys because he checks a lot of the analytical boxes. Here's the thing: Johnson can run, can run deep. He can make plays downfield, and he's a big receiver. And the fact that he has the yak ability that he does at his size is rare, right? So, not only that, he broke out at 19. He had a decent dominator rating throughout his career yards per route run were up there was up there so he has a lot he checks a lot of those boxes however Mm -hmm. when you watch him play he's not a good contested catch player he doesn't catch with his hands you talk about his pro day you know when things are set up for you you're dropping balls at your pro day (laughs) not what you want to see with teams watching you you know when you're not even in pads that's not good man you know so the teams are going to be turned off by that and I and I kind of lean towards him going the end of the second round, end of the first round, beginning of second. So him going to the Cardinals at thirty four, I can understand that, especially with the Cardinals shopping DeAndre Hopkins. You know, yep. I can understand him like getting out of the first round. And because of that, you kind of have to adjust. I actually have Josh Downs ahead of Quentin Johnson. He's my number. Quentin Johnson's my number five ranked wide receiver at this point. You know, yeah. I like Josh Downs more just because he's just a better player. I think he's a good slot player who could, you know, play against man coverage. You know, and yeah. Josh Downs, he's going to be a second-round player. According to Kuiper, Mache, and Renner, they're all going between 54 and 59. Renner has him going to the Chargers at 54, obviously not picking a first-round wide receiver. Todd yep. Mache has him going to the Giants. Of course, Mache has the Giants picking up yet another slot wide receiver. Uh, and then Mel Kuiper uh, has <laughs> well, him going to the How are they going to gonna replace Richie James? Listen, man, if Downs <laughs> makes it to the Bills at 59, or if Bills end up trading up a couple picks for Josh Downs, ooh, yeah. ooh. <laughs> man i'll be all over that dude you, you know what i'm saying like I, I would love it listen i love khalil shakir he's my guy but josh downs like he he would be my dude and yeah say, say bye-bye to gabe davis okay yeah that's what like anyway any more thoughts on josh downs or quentin johnson just quentin johnson you know, I think he fits a very specific role in an offense. You know, he's just a bigger body receiver. I think it wouldn't be as close as it is a discussion between Quentin Johnson and Josh Downs if Josh, Down- Josh Downs wasn't as small as he is. If Josh Downs was like 5'10", 5'11", right. I think he's head and shoulders above Quentin Johnson in these mocks, and I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, it's just the way that they're going to fit their different roles. They're completely opposite players. You know, this one's going to create a bunch of separation. Go ahead. This I'm sorry. This draft has like a bunch of smaller receivers. Like it's all about like the route running and the yak and that right. sort of thing. You know, Johnson's and, like the only big receiver in this top. You know, few five or six guys. Yeah, and you won't you won't even hear about Nathaniel Dell in these mocks no. either. You know, he's more like the third round. But 
he he's interesting to me. You know, another small receiver. He, he looks quick. He, he's pretty. He's not fast. small. He's super small. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he's, it, it he's like probably the best class. He might be the best route runner in the class, though. Like yeah. he he knows how to separate. And I saw it firsthand at the Senior Bowl. The dude was awesome. Yeah, it's just his size is interesting. Like. Was Tavon Austin even that small? I don't think he was. I don't think so. I think she said was bigger than him. Yeah, that's just crazy to think about. Um, but McShay had Johnston going to the Ravens. I don't love that at all, honestly. Like, I don't I don't like that move. Um, mm. Jeremiah has him going to the Bills. It's like at that point, just keep Gabe Davis. But the only thing with yeah. like the thing was with Johnston, like, okay, like uh, let me not get carried away. I think Johnson's an upgrade, <laughs> you know, over Gabe Davis just because of the fact that you know he's able to pick up some yards after the catch. Um, mm-hmm. Davis isn't really that type of player. Um Zerline had a mock to the Cowboys, dude. I, yeah, I kind of feel like that's that. yeah. I'd rather get like, like a, a good separator, right? A guy who can mm-hmm. run run routes, right? I Move get it out the slot if you need to. I get it with Zerline because Dallas doesn't really have like a big receiver. They haven't had right. that since Des Bryant, but I yeah. don't think there's a need for that on their offense. Like I, if I'm going to add a big receiver, I'd much rather add it in the form of a Michael Mayer, who can also go down and block and, and do that kind of thing. We have Brandon Cooks already. He could be a deep threat. Like we have guys that can do the thing. CD Lamb obviously is great. There's no reason to draft a Quentin Johnson. If you're going to draft a big body receiver, take tight end Michael Mayer, who can do much better for you. I, I that's just the way I feel about it. Yeah, I I agree with you, man. Um, let's talk about Jalen Hyatt. You know his range is all over the place. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, and it has been from the start of the draft. And one thing that I learned uh, after talking to a lot of smart people this offseason is that Tennessee's offense is a mirage. Okay, and and we're talking about the we're talking about college football. We're not talking the about volunteers. Yeah, the volunteers. They are that offense is just different. Jalen Hyatt is somebody who lined up off the line and in stack formations. Almost ninety percent, like it, it, a lot. Okay, like yeah, I, I, that might be a little high, but a lot. And he's not somebody who can separate, you know, with these other guys. His speed is absolutely ridiculous. There's no doubt that he could take the top off of defense. And he's probably more valuable to an NFL team than he is to us fantasy players because I think his ceiling is like Deshaun Jackson. But he's not somebody who will be getting like eight targets a game. He might get like five targets a game. And that might be enough because he can get, you know, 75 yards and a touchdown for you. But is that the type of player that we should be chasing in Dynasty? I I don't think so. That is perfect. What you just laid out. Does it sound like Will Fuller? Like that's just me. Will Fuller would be, I think, an even higher ceiling than Deshaun Jack. Uh, well, okay, no, uh, Deshaun Jackson was a better player than Will yeah. Fuller when it's when it was all said and done. Um, I guess the archetype would be higher in terms of like Will Fuller was able to command targets at a better rate than Jackson was at times. Will Fuller mm-hmm. was able to develop into more, a, a little bit more of a complete receiver than Deshaun Jackson. Um, right. But, you know, I can understand that comp, though, because Jalen Hyatt can potentially develop into that and become a little bit more of a possession. Like, are you going to be able to, you know, is, is every defensive back just going to play back on you, right? Are, yeah. is it, are they just going to give you 15 yards, you know, or 10 yards every time you line up? And, you know, if they're worried about you potentially doing some stuff underneath or intermediate, then they might come up on you and, you know, press you up, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, then you have more in your tool belt and you'll become a better receiver because of it, because they're afraid that, like, you know, maybe you will, you know, you know, run an in instead of a, a nine and that sort of thing. And, you know, it, that's what it comes down to to me. And I don't think he has that in his tool belt just yet. So right. his, you know. 55 to Detroit, that, that's where Mel Kuyper has him. I don't really understand that because you have Jamison Williams, so why would you do that? Uh, Tom yeah. O'Shea had him th- at 33 to the Texans. I can understand that, you know, get, to get that field stretcher. Um, you know, and if they end up drafting two wide receivers, like, you know, they, they end up with their quarterback, they end up with JSN in the, in, you know, in the, at, what, what are they at, 12? At 12. Yeah. Um, and then they go Jalen Hyatt at 33. Like, that'd be kind of crazy, but I kind of like it at the same time uh, mm. because, you know, you stretch the field for a JSN, and now you're like, okay, like, that's, that's I can see that pairing kind of work. And then Zerline had him at 21 to the Chargers, which I think is way too early. Like, I don't, I don't like that move. If any um, mock was going to have him that early, it's going to be Zerline's, <laughs> all right? <laughs> like, the list goes on and on. <laughs> I want to quickly mention Jonathan Mingo, dude. Jonathan Mingo um, is built 
like a tank. Like he's a big dude. Um, yeah. He's not necessarily tall. I think he's only six two, but he's like two twenty five. Yeah. That's probably where he's where he plays at. He probably plays at two thirty, and I think his official listing was at two twenty. I think, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a big guy. Now his college production profile isn't that great, unfortunately. However, um, you know he's somebody that teams have fallen in love with. He's an uber athlete. He's like in the ninety eighth or ninety ninth percentile among wide receivers, like yeah. ever who have tested in the combine. So he's an extremely good athlete. I was at the senior bowl. He was probably one of the most productive wide receivers there in practice. He was, he was getting, he was catching everything. He was getting open and he was not somebody that I was looking at, man. I was looking at all the other guys, the guys I was interested, the guys I was interested in. I was mm-hmm. looking at those guys, but every time I'm like, I have my camera out, I'm looking at those guys. I ended up getting clips of Mingo. So now mm-hmm. I got to go back in all of my clips and get all my Mingo clips because I wasn't looking for the dude. You know, and it's funny because you know that a player is popping off if you're not even looking for him, right? And he was that guy, (laughs) you know, and I was never big on him because he does not, his analytic profile is absolutely terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, breakout age, all that. Like it just, well, actually, was his, um, uh, hold on, I want to double check that part because I could, yeah, no, breakout age was 21, which is not good. Um, And, you know, dominated rating never went over 25%. You know, he was looking like a third-round wide receiver, but now it's looking like he could potentially make his way into the first round. Uh, I'm sorry, into the second round. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Which would be interesting. Cowboys at 58. Now, if you're you're asking me, go for him at 58 rather than Quentin Johnson in the first round. That would be way better. Mm -hmm. Uh, McShay had him going to the Chiefs at 63, which I also – that would be also pretty interesting as well because the Chiefs don't really have that type of receiver. So, mm-hmm. and it will kind of complement what they have pretty well. Um, so, Mingo to the Cowboys, man, as a number three, I think that would be pretty solid. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, it looks like the Cowboys might be trying to replace Michael Gallup here. Yeah. I mean, they signed him to that contract. He's locked in for this season, at least. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not too worried about him taking snaps away from anybody if they would draft like a Jonathan Mingo. I was going to say, like, Jonathan Mingo, somebody I was looking at for Dallas in the second round because with Mingo, you mentioned the analytics being bad, all that stuff. But you look at the tools, like you said, the athletic profile. Yeah. You're drafting the tools, not with the tools built in college. You know what I'm saying? You're looking say this. for the future. I'll say this also. He pops on film. When you watch yeah. him, he pops. Like uh, contested catches, number one. Number two, yards at the contact. Like he's just a big guy. He runs like, you know, like think of like Debo Samuel Light. Like, like type of player. Yeah. Like that's kind of how what I see when I'm watching him play. So I kind of I, I kind of get it and I understand it now. Um, I wasn't on board earlier on because like, you know, I'm a big analytics guy, you know, admittedly. Mm. But, you know, the more I watch and the more people are forcing me to watch, I'm like, okay, I, I can kind of see it now, you know? Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's quickly hit on. We're running out of time here. Let's quickly hit on a couple of these other running backs. Zach Charbonnet. Mel Kuyper has him going to the Bengals at 60. Todd McShay has him going to the Bears at 53. Listen, man, if Charbonnet goes to the Bengals, bye-bye Joe Mixon. Hello, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. I would love that. That is an ideal ideal landing spot for me. Mm -hmm. I I, I pin that, too, as an intriguing landing spot. I call it intriguing, but you're saying ideal. I think you're even a step ahead of me in terms of your excitement (laughs) if he would land there. But um, you just consider a situation around Joe Mixon. You know, recently they weren't even running the ball very well last season when Joe Mixon was playing. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. But he's not much of a pass catcher, Charbonnet, but he'd be a great option. And on offense that has a scoring power like the Bengals, like if you want to talk about a running back that can make an instant impact, especially in terms of fantasy, like Charbonnet going to Bengals, that would be, like you said, now you're talking me into it, ideal. Like that's exactly what you're looking thing- for. The good thing with Charbonnet is that he's a decent pass blocker. He has pass catching chops. You know, he just wasn't super efficient in college. But at the end of the day, like he got better his senior year. And he has one of the highest reception totals among all these running backs. It's just that he wasn't right. too efficient with it. But he has the chops. Like, and I compare his receiving chops to like David Montgomery, right? Somebody yeah. who is capable but won't might not be super efficient. But at the end of the day, like if you're good at pass blocking, you'll be on the field for those plays. And if you're capable in the receiving game, you can catch the ball. You can be dependent on UCLA trusted him in that department. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, he goes if he goes to the Bengals, bye bye, Joe Mixon. <laughs> yeah. Hello. And Samaja Piran's gone too. So like Exactly. That's good news for him. Like, there's exactly. no competition, really. 
no Samaj P. Ryan to take away those snaps on on later downs. Um, I I gotta hit on Jameer Gibbs before we get out of here. Mel Kiper has him has the Eagles trading up to Seattle's number thirty seventh pick overall. Uh, obviously, in this scenario, Seattle also traded up into the first round to grab Hendon Hooker, which I hope they don't do. I yeah. hope that's that's I don't think that's a good idea. However, I I can see Gibbs going to the Eagles. I I I don't see the fit personally, especially if you're looking thinking long term. But then at the day, he's a weapon, and yeah. they can probably figure out how to use that weapon. You know, we have to keep in mind where Nick Sirianni came from, what coaching tree he's from. And they could definitely use a running back in the passing game. And I think it could definitely happen. So I, I, I would I think this would be fine. And obviously, you know, you, you kind of wonder, like, you know, we haven't really seen them use a pass catching running back a whole lot. So you wonder how this is going to impact him. Obviously, with Jameer Gibbs, uh, I'm sorry, with Jalen Hurts, he's a rushing quarterback. You know, those reception numbers would probably be a lot higher with a pack with a pocket quarterback. Um, yeah. so that's an interesting one. Uh, McShay had him going to the Cardinals at 34. I wouldn't mind that because I think, um, you know, I think in terms of like who's a rushing quarterback, I think, and obviously at the beginning of the part of the year, you might have Kyler Murray hurt a little bit. He might not play, but Kyler Murray is way more prone to not run and to check it down than Jalen Hurts would. So I kind of mm-hmm. like that. I kind of would like yeah. that move right there. And then Renner had him going to the Dolphins at number 41. So if you land, if you, if you, if he doesn't go and he lasts all the way to 41, I kind of like that, dude. I, I think that would be a good move for the Dolphins. I, that, that would just be Jay electric little, to electric. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, speed, Jameer Gibbs. On speed, on speed. Just crazy. Yeah, for me, I kind of – I would hate to see him go to the Eagles as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> but at the same time, for in terms of fantasy, I could see that working, definitely. They didn't sign Rashad Penny to a commitment contract where it's like we need to make him our guy, you know, yeah. like – He's going to have a role, but I think Jameer Gibbs could overtake him pretty easily. And I'm also thinking back to when there was actually a conversation about Alvin Kamara being moved and that maybe the Eagles potentially being interested. And mm. Jameer Gibbs is that same archetype of running back, you know what I'm saying, in the way that he plays and what he's able to skill set. So I could maybe see that. That might be feasible, especially if, you know, the Eagles are back and forth on Bijan at 10. You know, like if they don't get him, ultimately they could say, okay, we'll go for the next best best thing. And maybe Jameer Gibbs fits their scheme a little bit more, even better than maybe Bijan. Obviously, Bijan's not going to be drafted for scheme. Bijan Robinson, Bijan Robinson. But I think that Jameer Gibbs going to the Eagles, it doesn't seem too far fetched to me. Interesting, interesting. All right, I you know I, I so for me personally, like I'm looking at the Eagles, I'm thinking like maybe they'd rather have a guy like Zach Charbonnet. Maybe they they rather have a guy who and, and you know pay less of a price also getting somebody who's capable on early downs. Like obviously Gibbs is very more than capable, but do they mm-hmm. want somebody who can really pound the rock, you know, right. 15, 20 times if they need to, I don't think Jameer Gibbs is that guy. So would they rather get, you know, a Kendra Miller a little bit later Would they rather spend that second round pick on Zach Charbonnet, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about. You know, it, it, it that, that could be possible. Tank Bigsby, maybe someone like that, yeah. you know, We'll see. We'll see. But it's going to be interesting, man. I think these mock drafts really bring us bring a lot of insight, you know, to to how we should expect these drafts to go. And then also how we handle our rookie mock drafts as well. You know, so um, I appreciate you, Zach. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate you guys. Um, You know, like I mentioned earlier, our rookie mock draft is going to be coming out later this week, hopefully this weekend crossing our fingers and our toes that that happens. But uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, And we'll be back next week. I'll be talking wire receivers with a very, very special guest. We'll see you guys then. Take it easy. Bye-bye.